Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Gelman Report. I'm your host, Ellie Gelman, and in today's episode, we are going to be going over my week one NBA reactions. I have three reactions that I want to talk about uh, from this past week, so let's get right into the episode. So, this past week, the NBA finally kicked off their season, and I watched a lot of basketball this past week. Most I watched most of the games I was able to. Um, and yeah, so I have a bunch of reactions that I saw from the game and I, from the games, and I'm here to tell you them. So let's start off with the first one, and that is about point guard from the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young. Um, he's playing amazing. I think that this year he is going to be an MVP candidate. Um, so in these two games uh, from this past week, just a heads up, we're going from the games on December 22nd to December 27th. So all stats will be from that timeline. All numbers that we use, all records will be uh, between uh, that those uh, dates, December 22nd and December 27th. So in the two games um, that Trey Young has played so far, he's averaging 36.5 points a game, 8 assists, shooting over 55% from the field, shooting 46% from the three. So all of those, I know it's just a two-game sample size, but all of those are career highs. And he is shooting so much better than he was before, shooting almost thir- almost 13% better from the three and almost and almost thir- and almost 11% better from the field. Um, of course, he's averaging more points, around the same amount of assists as he did last year, Trey Young. But what's um, even more um, surprising, I guess you could say, is that uh, he's averaging two less turnovers than last year. He's only averaging around three turnovers a game this in these two games. But last year, he averaged around five. So he's shooting better, passing the ball better, uh, scoring at a higher level. Uh, scoring at a higher degree, but also taking care of the ball um, and having less turnovers than last year. Um, And so along with all of those uh, improvements, one of the biggest improvements is that he's shooting 87% from the free throw line and is shooting around 15 free throws a game. Uh, Just to to show you how many 15 is a game, so when James Harden was named MVP in the 2017-2018 season, he only shot only uh, shot ten free throws a game, which at the time seemed uh, like an extreme, extreme amount. But Trey Young is shooting five more than um, James Harden, and I'm not saying he's going to continue to shoot fifteen free throws a game, but that's just a great sign um, to be looking uh, to see in a young player in his third year that he's really attacking, attacking the paint, especially as a smaller guard. You want to see them go in into the paint, try to challenge those big men and get those fouls and make those free throws. He's shooting 87%, which is a uh, which is a very, very strong uh, percentage. So my biggest uh, point for why he's going to be an MVP candidate, of course, is that he has amazing numbers, as I just mentioned, 36 points a game, 55% from the field, over 45% from three. But the biggest improvement is the team as a whole. Uh, the Hawks, in the two games that they've played, they are 2-0, and and I think they have underratedly one of the best rosters in the in the NBA. They definitely have one of the they definitely have the best young roster in the NBA, but they might have one of the best rosters, um, old and young. So they have, of course, they have some great defensive wings, some of the most underrated defensive wings in the game in DeAndre Hunter, 
Cam Reddish, and Onyeku Okongu. He is yet to play a game, but we saw what he did in college. He is going to be a great defender. And Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, last year we saw their promise as perimeter defenders, and they're just going to get better over time. So they have the great defenders, which you need to have if you're going to have a defensive liability in point guard in Trey Young. He's small, under six foot three, doesn't weigh that much, not very strong. Uh, so you're going to have to have defensive wings around, shooting guards, small forwards, and the Hawks have done that perfectly. And then you move on to uh, some other pieces they have. They also, While they have the defenders and they have the all-star point guard, they have the shooters on the team. They have Kevin Herter, one of my favorite players in the NBA. They have Bogdan Bogdanovich, who they signed this year. They have Danilo Gallinari, who they signed in the offseason. So they have the shooters around uh, Trey Young to allow him to... Uh, run the offense efficiently and be able to get three pointers, which you need in this in this uh, times NBA. Uh, and along with that, they have a great backup point guard in Rajon Rondo to give Trey Young a breather once in a while. And then you have a solid, solid center uh, in Clint Capella, who used to be on the Rockets and has had great chemistry with James Harden on those alley oops and in in uh, and passes inside the paint. And so Trey Young is also going to continue to. Uh, strengthen his connection with Clint Capella. So the biggest, as I'm going to mention this again, the biggest reason for why he's going to be an MVP candidate, Trey Young, is of course his stats are amazing, but to be an MVP candidate and to win the MVP, your team needs to be in the playoff race and needs to be, and you need to be a good team. For example, when James Harden was in the MVP race against Steph Curry. Steph Curry was the first seed in the West while James Harden was uh, the eighth seed. And so while James Harden's stats were definitely better, scoring uh, uh, more points a game, more assists, more rebounds, all that, Steph Curry was the first seed, and so he got the uh, the MVP over him, uh, over James Harden. So the similar thing would happen with Trey Young. He can average 50 points a game, but if they're not going to make the playoffs, or if they make the playoffs as an 8 or 7 seed, he's not going to be looked um, upon as greatly as if they were a 5 seed. Uh, so I think that that is the biggest, that is the biggest uh, improvement into Trey Young's um, MVP campaign, is that the team is better, and the team is better because the front office has put together a really, really strong team that I think is going to be really, really good for years to come. Um, so even after all this, I don't think Trey Young is going to win the MVP. He is not my um, favorite. Luca is still my favorite, as I mentioned in my prediction video last week. He is still my favorite, Luca. Um, but Trey Young is definitely coming to my top five with Luca, Giannis, LeBron, um, uh, Trey Young, James Harden. All those guys are in my top five. But Trey Young is going to be an all-star this year and is going to be one of the best point guards in the league for years to come. And now let's move on to my second reaction from this game. And this is not really a new reaction. People have been saying it um, um, for years. But I think now it's official that Brandon Ingram is the second coming of Kevin Durant. He is the exact same player. And let me explain. So I have watched every single Pelicans game this year. That is mostly due to Zion being on my fantasy basketball team. And um, and I've also watched every Nets game, and that's due to Kevin Durant coming back. And I want to see um, how he plays this year. And, and so from watching all the games this year, I can make an official statement that Kevin Durant and Brandon Ingram are the same player. So they're not, what I mean by same is that they're not exactly the same, of course. Of course, they're different people, different um, individuals, but they play the same. And yeah, so let me explain. So they have the same body type. 
they're both skinny, they're both long, um, they're both um, athletic. Underratedly, Kevin Durant is one uh, not one of the most athletic players in the league. He's not more athletic than um, than Donovan Mitchell than than Russell Westbrook players like that. But just because he seemed that he seemed people see him as kind of a shooter, and shooters aren't usually seen as athletic. But he is extremely athletic, as you could see. Um, on the defensive side and on the dunks that he has. And the same can be said for Brandon Ingram. People don't see him as an um, uber-athletic player, but he really is, and that people take that uh, for granted. Um, and along with having the same body type, they have very similar stories. Um, they both came into the NBA as a top two pick. Kevin Durant was the number two pick, actually, um, I think after uh, after Greg Oden. And Brandon Ingram was the number two pick to the Lakers after um, ben Simmons. So they both were the number two pick in their respective drafts, and they both came in um, basically as the best player on the league, the, the on the on the team. The team gave them the keys to the franchise. The uh, Brendan Ingram was on a Laker on a struggling Lakers team, and they kind of gave him all uh, all the room to operate and just let him kind of run the offense. And then same thing with Kevin Durant. He was on a SuperSonics team that was struggling and. They even moved away from Seattle, and they kind of gave him every single um, opportunity to do kind of do whatever he wanted. Um, and so, and yeah, so they so they're both uh, top two picks. Both came into the NBA with um, the keys to their franchise. Um, and while, of course, Kevin Durant did have more success in his rookie year, a winning rookie, winning rookie of the year, uh, they did have some of the same similar struggles. So in KD's rookie year, he shot 29% from the three-point line, and in Brandon Ingram's year, he shot this—he shot 28%. So very, very similar shooting uh, percentages from the three from the two players. And along with that, both Brandon Ingram and Kevin Durant and the rookie years both averaged under. Two and a half assists a game. KD averaging 2.4 and Brendan Ingram averaging 2.1. So both did not shoot well from three and both could not really share the ball with others and pass very well in the rookie years. So both have had the same struggles, both have the same body type, have the same story, and now they are again so so similar in how they play. Both of them have a great three-point shot. KD's name is literally Easy Money Sniper. He's one of the un, he's one of the best shooters in the league. And while yes, Brandon Ingram did struggle, he's becoming a great three point shooter, especially contested. And that was one of KD's biggest strength. He's able to shoot over people with that huge, huge frame. And what seems like a contested shot for others is not a contested shot for him. And Brandon Ingram has been working on that shot, and you can see it now in the games. He's being able to shoot over players and make those shots much at a much higher rate. Along with that, they both have a solid, solid mid-range shot. That's, again, one of KD's biggest strengths is that he can shoot the mid-range because he can shoot over those players. And yes, and you could see in the in the Pelicans game, Brandon Ingram is, uh, is, is driving in, stopping on a dime, and shooting those mid-range over smaller defenders, very similar to Kevin Durant. And I think one of the biggest strengths that they both have is a tight handle. Sometimes when Lonzo Ball is out of the game, Brandon Ingram t- kind of plays the point guard position and is able to share the ball around and is able to create with that the tight handle that he has. And a similar thing can be said for Kevin Durant when he was in OKC, when he was in uh, when he was in a Golden State, when Russell Westbrook or Steph Curry were out of the game, he was able to create and run the offense for himself due to his extremely tight and great handle. So 
I think that they have a lot of, I think they're very, very similar in their body type, their story, their struggles they had, and now how they're very similar, um, and how they have very similar strengths. I think that they're going to be, um, I think Benjamin Ingram is going to be a great, great player in this league, similar to Trey Young, going to be one of the best shooting guards, small forwards in the league for years to come. I think he's going to definitely be an all-star this year, and he has been the leader of this Pelicans team. They're not they're two and one in this first week. They're playing extremely well. Him, Zion, Lonzo Ball um, are playing great basketball together. But and I think he's going to be a great player for years to come. And he is so so similar to Kevin Durant. And I just wanted to make my official statement uh, that they, I think they are very similar players. Uh, and yeah. And so my third reaction to this uh, uh, to this first week of the season is it's kind of the opposite of a reaction. It's it's an it's a warning to to not overreact. And it's a warning, don't overreact to the Cavs, the Magic, the Pacers, and the Hawks. So those four teams that I just named are surprisingly the only undefeated teams in the league. Yes, that's very surprising. I, I would not assume, I would not... I would not bet money that the Cavs, the Magic, the Pacers, and the Hawks would be the only undefeated teams in the league. But it's 2020, definitely crazier things have happened. But yeah, those are the four undefeated teams in the league. And yes, I've watched a few of these games. I've watched some highlights, looked at some stats. They are playing very, very good basketball. The, Ma the Cavs did blow out the 76ers. The Magic did, I mean, the Pacers did beat the Celtics. The Magic are, are playing great basketball, and so are the Hawks. But this happens every single year. It's usually a few teams, usually from the Eastern Conference, because of how weak their conference is. They start off the first week, the first few, uh, first few games, looking really, really strong, looking like they're going to be a contender, like a dark horse team in the NBA playoffs. But then, as the season goes on, they unravel and they miss the playoffs. And while yes, I've been talking about how great the Hawks are, and how great their roster is, um, and how great Trey Young is. They're not a contender to win the NBA championship. Yes, do I think they're going to make the playoffs as a top eight seed in the weak East? Yes, I do. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to overreact to their 2-0 start when they beat the, when I, I don't know who they even beat, maybe the Pistons. It doesn't even matter. I'm not overreacting. I think they're going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be a, a team to contend. And back and now to the Cavs. This, the uh, Colin Sexton uh, Darius Garland backcourt, which last year looked atrocious, is now looking really, really great, both averaging 20-plus points a game, but they're very young, and they're not going to be able to make the playoffs, I think, with that weak roster they have there. Um, but yeah, they're going to be a great backcourt for years to come in the future. I think the Cavs will contend if they're able to get some more free agents and get some better uh, draft pieces. They've been drafting okay recently, uh, but nothing to overreact. And then again, uh, to the Magic, Mark, everyone's overreacting. Markel Fultz, the best new point guard in the NBA. Markel Fultz is finally starting to look like the first pick that he was drafted like. And yes, he's averaging 20 plus points a game, being able to share the ball. The Magic have great players in Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. But again, this happens every year. The Magic always start off um, really, really great in the early season, but then they unravel and they fall to the nine or eight seed. I don't think the Magic are going to make the playoffs this year with teams like the Hawks um, coming into uh, the playoff race. And yeah, so just do not overreact to these teams being undefeated 
and it's early in the season. People are getting the rotation set. There's, you saw people, the Lakers are playing Taylor Horlan Tucker 20-plus minutes a game. That's not going to be going on later in the season in the playoffs, so you can't overreact to these teams starting off for, uh, for or un, not for no, uh, undefeated. So yeah, that is the end of the episode. Those are my reactions. I'm going to be doing a reaction uh, video after every single uh, NBA week. So the next um, episode of this will come out next week with three new uh, stories, reactions that I've seen from watching games and uh, reading the news. Yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter, follow on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Like this video helps the channel grow so, so much. Thank you guys so much for listening and goodbye.